world. Hi. 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 Hello. Hello. Hi. It's like I've forgotten how to say hello. <laughs> Welcome to the very first episode of Life with Kaka. I'm your host, Carolina Gropa. My nickname growing up and still today is Kaka. I know what it means in some other languages, but in Portuguese, it means something messy, like life. Or messy like the behind-the-scenes realities of being a producer. I would know since I'm a producer myself. I realize you may not know much about me, so let me give you a little bit of life with Kaka. In the summer of 1994, my parents left Brazil and came to America in search of a better future. I was almost nine years old and I didn't know we were moving, so I didn't get to bring any of my favorite things like my stationery collection, which I'm still sort of bitter about. All I know is that when fall came, I found myself in school and I didn't speak a word of English, well, except the ones I made up in my head. I didn't own a cool Jansport backpack and I also didn't have my four front teeth, which is a story for another day. <laughs> you can imagine I didn't have many friends, except for one, my second grade teacher, Miss Kenny. English as a second language programs didn't really exist at my school at that time. So it was really thanks to her patience that I was fluent six months later. I don't remember much of my first school year, but I remember her kindness. She taught me how to work hard and how to push through the discomfort, even when it seemed impossible. And in many ways, I've been doing that ever since. Flash forward to 2019, and I am now an Emmy-nominated film producer. It's been rewarding, but it's also been a ton of hard work. You see, there's an illusion that producing is glamorous and easy, but in fact, it's quite the opposite. It's basically a bunch of humans trying to complete a living, breathing puzzle full of infinite challenges with a finite amount of time and money. It gets messy, but it's also a beautiful mess, one that I have learned to embrace. So, through these intimate and honest conversations with producers I admire, you'll get a deeper glimpse into their lives and the realities of what it takes to be in their shoes. Speaking of admiring, I am thrilled and honored to have Eva Longoria as my first guest. You may know her from her many acting roles or from her work with the Time's Up campaign or perhaps through the Eva Longoria Foundation. You may be surprised to learn that she's actually been directing and producing for the past decade. Most recently, she executive produced Grand Hotel, which just premiered on ABC a few weeks ago to rave reviews. She wears many hats, but these days what she's most passionate about is opening the doors for the women coming up behind her. And I'm so grateful in some small way to be walking through that door with the show and with you. So without further ado, let's hear from Eva. You can absolutely drink your tea. What kind of tea is that? Black tea with half and half and some sugar. Brought me there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you for joining me. This is like thank truly. Thank you. Caro, can I call you Caro? Caro, please, porfa. Obrigado. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I, uh, I'm Brazilian, right? And mm -hmm. so there is this idea that Brazilians aren't part of like the Latino Latin yeah you're Latinx not movement. <laughs> no I'm just kidding I'm just well, kidding it's like we're you know we're not we're yeah. just this weird yeah thing where weird big country big country you know we're <laughs> Latino and we're Hispanic and I was definitely all of those boxes for all my scholarships but I mm -hmm. I am really none of those things yet I 
I uh, identify so much with the sort of Latinx movement and oh, everything yeah. that's happening yeah. because I, I consider myself a Latino. I'm yeah. an immigrant. You know, my parents came to this country when I was nine yeah. years old. And so a lot of the things that are happening in our world right now are very close and near and dear to my heart. So mm-hmm. so I'm going to latch on to that. Cause Good. And welcome. Welcome. But you know what? Identity is hard to navigate in general, even when you are what what your label is. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, now with borders being such a big topic yeah. in many forms whether it's the actual border or like borders uh, that we put up or borders of identity navigating that I'm Mexican-American and so I I'm ninth generation American yeah I mean I, I I'm super apple pie right <laughs> but I also like enchilada so it's right like when people go oh you're half Mexican half American and I'm like no I'm completely Mexican ethnicity and completely American at the same time yes I feel the exact same way like, I'm like a yeah. hybrid of a human where yeah I am both of those things and all the time, all the time. Identity is a whole new podcast. <laughs> oh my God. It's actually funny enough. It's actually why I started this podcast. Oh my God. I wanted to do a project on identity and it became yeah. way too complex yeah. and way too much for a podcast. And I was like, well, what else can I do to sort of skim the surface of identity through my professional identity, which right. is producing. Yeah. And here we are. Life yeah. of Kaka was sort of born. I always tell people too, I was like, you can, we can all coexist because we're humans. Yes. Like, <laughs> why do we put ourselves in boxes? Even professionally, like yeah. you said, like, you know, uh, other than, than our ethnicities or our races yeah. boxing us in like, oh, you're a dentist. And so you, you're a lawyer. And, and with me, you know, when I was an actor and segueing into being a producer and director, it was like, whoa, I don't know, stay in your lane. And it's like, people can wear many hats. Yeah. And you don't have to, you know, negotiate coexisting. Well, with it's lovers. fear. It's fear. Yeah. Right. Like if I keep you in your box, you're defined. This is safe. I know what this yeah. is. But if you're venturing outside of that, yeah. it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, you've, you, we thought you were this. And now yeah. we have to like, we have to pivot our perspective on who you want to be now. Right. And it's too much for them yeah. to bear. And I say, screw that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, be, be who you want to be. And I think be as many things as you want to be. As many things as you want to be. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You can in this entire lifetime, you can reinvent yourself time and time again because we are more than one thing yeah you know that's why i am so interested in doing this and talking to you because Mm -hmm. i'm interested in who are you Mm -hmm. who is this person that is perceived to be eva longoria the celebrity eva longoria the actor the producer the director to me those things are all part of the same whole of who are you and how are you going to show up in your life and who are you going to be and how Mm -hmm. are you going to impact those around you so here we are. I just worked with you on Sylvie very briefly, <laughs> which was a really fun special movie. I think oh, uh, so that'll special. do wonderful things for little girls all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, everybody who's listening to this obviously knows you as an actor and can Google that and learn all about that, which is an incredible journey you've had. And mm-hmm. I've in my research watched a lot of videos where you talk very <laughs> much in depth about how you got into acting and being a headhunter and all of that. <laughs> and that's, and that's all, all there, you know, right, but right. because our time is so limited when you sort of started producing mm-hmm. then to directing what that shift was like for you, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe some of yeah. the hurdles that you faced maybe and continue, we, and continue. continue to face. Oh my God, of course. But internally within yourself, yeah. when you decided to make that shift. Well, you know, it's so funny. People always say that. They're like, oh, you're an actor turned producer director. And I, in my head, I was a director producer before I was an actor yeah. in life, in life. And when I moved to Hollywood, 
um, I would produce these. And when we say produce, I would put on uh, these shows at the improv and I would book these comedians. It was a Latina female comedy troupe. And I would um, go out, look at tapes, go, she's funny. Let's put her in the lineup. We had one night that the improv gave us. And and I just did it. You just do it. Like, yeah. that's what producing is. Getting up and doing the work. Rolling up your sleeves and getting it done. You know, so many people want to be a producer by name. Right. They think it's a very glamorous. It's it's the hardest job yeah. of the entire entertainment industry because you are the problem solver and you're the one that's putting everything together. And so I was always a producer in my head. And then when I started Desperate Housewives, I used Desperate Housewives as my film school for directing. And mm-hmm. so I was constantly paying attention. Actually, that's a lie. I, I've always been very interested in where the camera went, where the lights went, what's a mark, what's checking the gate. You know, I started acting when we were still on film. And so I was always on set. I was on set. I remember being an extra um, for two years and going, what is that? What's a dolly? Why are you saying pushing in? Is What does that mean? And <laughs> and they were like, D- what is this background They're person like, doing Please here? don't send her ever Can again. Can <laughs> you send her back to background <laughs> holding? Like, I'm like, hi, what are you guys doing? Hi, questions. Yeah, I have a question. <laughs> so I used Desperate Housewives as my real film school yeah. and really paying attention. And then um, during Desperate Housewives, I was asked to direct uh, a short film uh, for Glamour Reel. Glamorous magazine used mm-hmm. to do um, these real stories um and r-e-e-l and you know different celebrities would direct them and i was like oh i'll i'll do one and it was fun and great and it was literally at the same time when i was on set of housewives the biggest show in the world at the time in the world we were the global number one show and i felt like i wasn't reaching my full potential Mm. Like I would go on set, say my lines, get hair and makeup. How did you cope with that? Yeah, I was just like, I want. There's more yeah. to this and more to me. How can I be more? Uh, and so when I got to direct that short film, it was it. I was like, that was it. Oh, I was like, oh, this is my this calling. Is the thing. Yeah. Oh, that I'm supposed to be doing that. So then I did another short film, and then I did episodic, and then I did devious maids, and then I did Jane the Virgin, and then I did Blackish, and then I just you just do it. And I think a lot of people, even people, go, Eve, I want to be an actress. What do I do? I'm like, do it. Just I, do I it. Just, you just do it. You go, you know, I've met people from Kansas who are like, I'm an actor. I'm like, no, you're not. If you don't live in Hollywood or New York or a place where that industry exists, yeah. then you're not doing it. Right. If you are not, if you're a model and you live in, you know, Podunk, Texas, mm-hmm. then you're not a model. You've got to go move where the models have work. Like you, right. you have to take initiative and be resourceful and figure it out because this industry doesn't have a recipe. You could do exactly what I did and have a different result. Different outcome, exactly. And and that's what people ask me that all the time. So so for me, this sh- there wasn't like this epiphany of of this shift of like, oh my God, I don't know if I want to do that. It was always, oh, I want to do more. I can't wait to do that. And then that became directing and producing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting that then you're sort of like, backdoor entrance into directing and producing was to first you know become an actor who then yeah. had all of the success and you use that as a pivot into mm-hmm. where you actually wanted to go even mm-hmm. though you didn't quite know what that meant at the time yeah and I also you know women do this a lot um in every industry like for in politics for example I'm waiting for really great women to run for office like yeah. I'm like I ju- I'll vote for that person I just where is she yeah and you look around and you're like where is that woman where is she and then you're like sometimes it's like Oh, wait, it's me. Yeah. And so I remember with directing, I was like, oh, you know, we need more female directors. Where are those women? I'm waiting for that female where, director where is who's going to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where is she? And then I go, 
oh wait, it's me. Yeah. Um, and so we have to have more confidence in, in our abilities because we actually make better directors. Women have just a better skill set yeah. that matches with what it takes to be a director and producer, mm-hmm. um, which is multitasking and problem solving psychology. and patience, patience, patience and psychology. And knowing how to talk to someone and yes. knowing how to corral, knowing when yeah. to be a cheerleader, knowing yeah. when to be a mom, knowing mm-hmm. when to be a boss. It's yeah. But the reason I talk more about directing is because directing got me into producing because as, even as a director, I... I, you know, directing is amazing and all consuming and, and all awesome. But then the person who has the final control of what goes out of the project is the producers. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, when I was directing, I would just turn over my cut and then producers would go and chop it up and do whatever they wanted with it. And I was like, wait a minute. I still don't have final control of the project. Yeah. As a direct- so I was like, as an actor, you definitely don't have control of anything. You don't pick your takes. You don't pick your co-star. You don't pick the music. They you don't pick your that. clothes. You half don't pick the time. your clothes. <laughs> you don't pick your lines. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't have noth- no power as an actor. Yeah. So then I was like, I'm going to be a director. I'm going to have power. Mm. And, uh, and then I became director. I'm like, wait, this still isn't the ultimate decision maker? Who is that? That's a producer. I want to do that. And so mostly I only direct things I produce yeah. because I want to have that that creative control of the final outcome of, of whatever I'm doing. And so what is it like for you when you produce things that you're not creatively involved in when you're not acting, you're not directing, you're just helping shepherd something to into existence? I'm usually producing what I'm directing or mm. I'm producing what I'm acting in. Yeah. So I rarely sign on to something just as a producer. Yeah. Um, and I, it's again because I have superpowers that I want to add value to projects, yeah. and so um, I feel like you know directing is a superpower. Being an actor director is a superpower. Um, you know, uh, comedy is my superpower, and mm-hmm. so I feel like um, if somebody came to me with a cop show and they're like, "Would you sign on as a producer?" I, I have nothing to add to that. No. I don't really have. And if you don't care about the thing, why are you even doing? Well, it? and I don't have time. Yeah. There's only so many projects I can say yes to. So, um, so. Putting my stamp of approval on something mm-hmm. is a really big deal. I'll tell you one the one thing I did do. Uh, a, a lot of things I do produce and not direct are documentaries. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I did a documentary called Harvest by this wonderful filmmaker about child child farm workers in America. I did uh, Reversing Row. I produced mm-hmm. um, with Ricky and Annie, these two fantastic documentarians. Um, and so that that's when I I actually do have superpowers because humanizing political issues is my you know my heart explodes and so yeah. I'm like but I I'm not I that's not my I don't know how to direct those but these people do so what I can do is support those directors and those um, issues that I want to bring to the forefront yeah do you feel like there are any misconceptions that others have about you as a producer director now not now but at the beginning uh, there's a lot of obstacles the first one for me was uh that I was an actor oh here it comes the actor who wants to direct and wants to produce and like they assume you're not smart they assume you don't know what you're doing they assume you're doing this because you're a big name um Cruz and I've luckily worked with some amazing DPs who were like really supportive of, of that transition and helped me along the way and taught me terminology that I didn't know and uh and then the second obstacle was being a woman and mm. so just just that in general. It's like, yeah. oh, here comes the lady, lady do director. A, do you think there's a difference, a different obstacle between being a female director and a female producer? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of female producers. Yeah. So it's a little more 
acceptable and mm. well known. I mean, like you, that's not shocking to see a female producer that's that's been around for a minute. I still always think we could use more. Oh yeah. But as far as like, um, you know, directing, there's not a, still not a lot of female directors that are getting enough mm. opportunities. So um, that I think it was like it was like the fact that I was an actor, and then the fact that I was a woman, then the fact that I was Latino, and then I was like, oh my god, I mean, it was like how many more obstacles how many more hurdles do I have to overcome and so as a producer you have to work twice as hard you yeah. have to be twice as prepared yeah. you have to be twice as smart you just do so what have you done to overcome them that be be just very very be prepared better. I'm just better yeah I'm you know this last project I I'm doing um I was the only one that came in and pitched an hour-long PowerPoint presentation on camera choreography and tone and music and the looks and the lighting setups and I pulled video and I pulled references and I, and they were like, wow, nobody's done that. And I go, what do you mean? Like yeah. I had to do all this for my own sanity to understand the project that I'm doing. Like what's the template I want to do and what who are the people we want to hire and mm -hmm. how do we search for those things? If I don't do this for myself, you know uh, – most of the time they said that you know people just walk in and go it's a good script i'd like to do it right and you're like what and people say yes and uh, people say yes and to that's those men to those men and that is why when you show up with a powerpoint yeah. they're like whoa yeah whoa she's prepared she's like yes i'm prepared and not yeah. only that like uh we get one bite at the apple a lot of the times mm -hmm where men can fail and fail and they had a movie and it didn't do well. They get, a whole they apple get another tree. movie. They, they get, get a whole, whole new apple tree. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, you know, we get, you know, one movie and it fails and you're like, Ooh, women can't direct. Women can't direct. Women don't sell. Women don't produce. No, nobody wants yeah. to see stories about women. Yeah. It's like, it's like, wait, no, wait, wait. Yeah. He did five failed movies before his yeah. success. That's the part of the story they don't ever want to share with anybody. You know, they just want to focus on, on the, the, the sexy subject headlines, clickbait stuff that makes, you know, the yeah. part of the industry that I don't mm -hmm. love mm -hmm. go around, but it's there and we have to live and coexist yeah. symbiotically with it i suppose yeah. but i will and i and, and i've been lucky enough too when i decided to become a producer to surround myself with amazing producers mm -hmm. like bobby was bobby a girl yeah <laughs> but this is bobby sue luther who you will hear from on this podcast oh yeah yeah oh, so yeah. i learned bobby is just so great and i learned so much from her mm -hmm. she gets it done and oh, that's yeah. kind of like she's her a bulldog. motto. Bulldog, but like doesn't have sharp edges. She's just like, great, we got to do it. Let's go. Got to get it done. Just do it. Just get it done. Yeah. And, you know, and she's she was amazing to watch. Um, we produced something together. and I Wasted, was, right? What's wasted Beauty. Wasted Beauty. Yeah, that's Yes. Right. Waste, we weren't wasted. <laughs> it was called Wasted Beauty. <laughs> but um, I actually was trying to do this short film on my own uh, for this uh, deaf director who mm. was fantastic. And I realized I was in over my head and Bobby came in and saved the day and yeah. I couldn't have been more grateful to her. Well, it's part of why I was excited to talk to you because obviously you have this huge celebrity and this huge following. But for me, knowing Bobby, having worked with her for now, God, we've done three projects together just oh, yeah. this year and, and her telling me about your heart and who you are and your authenticity as a human for me was like, that's I want to talk to her oh, because that's you. a person who is real and there are a lot of people in our industry who aren't real and aren't grounded and aren't just full of integrity mm -hmm. unfortunately you know and it's because of the journey they're on and they're not bad people they're right. just that's they're thing. just figuring their shit out yeah. you know yeah so when I find the people that are the the sprinkles sort of of positivity and authenticity <laughs> yeah. in our industry I'm like ooh, give yeah. me that I want to talk to that I want to yeah. meet that person so mm -hmm. it's it's 
beyond just whether you're producing or directing or whatever it is the thing that that gets you to where you're going it's like well who are you going to be to get you there and how are you going to show up for others and for yourself Mm -hmm. and obviously we haven't worked together that closely but I trust Bobby's judgment on character implicitly. And so it's part mm. of why I was excited to Aww, talk to you. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so, okay. I was looking at some, you know, Google Eva Longoria producer and this talk you did at the produced by conference came up in 2015 mm-hmm. with Mark Sherry. And I'm curious how you feel you have grown. Oh, as a producer, yeah. director since that time, which is 2015. I mean, this is four years yeah. ago at this point. So, oh my gosh, how have you grown so much? You know, I think uh, I learned this from Obama. Actually, mm, I've heard uh, of him. Uh, yeah, He's he was. Um, he used to be president. You know, he used States. to be. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we miss him so much. Oh my god! <laughs> All we have is Michelle <laughs> now to keep us going. Um, <laughs> but when I was involved in the campaign, um for or for Obama it's that is also producing you're producing uh uh, votes right you're like trying to get everybody on board for this mission Mm -hmm. and this and this um cause and and really for the United States of America and unifying that blah blah and so like it was a lot of producing involved when Mm -hmm. I was on the campaign trail and one of the lessons he taught me within the campaign was best idea wins Best idea wins. Who, what's the best way to reach the Latino vote? Uh, well, we should do this. We should do that. We should do that. Okay, let's figure out what the best idea is. He had no ego about where that idea came from, whose idea it was. It was, it could come from an intern and it could come from his cabinet. Right. It, it was, it was amazing. And so I've really applied that as a producer. Um, you know, you'll you know producing problem solving all day i was just in toronto and we were shooting a summer show while it was snowing Mm. so there's (laughs) blocks of ice there's actually snow falling down on the actors actors are in tank tops right and um the camera's freezing up and we have two hours to get out of this location guys what's the plan what do we do and we have 10 people around figuring it out and Mm -hmm. i don't have an ego about it to go this is what I want to do, and we're doing it. Guys, make it work. Make the <laughs> snow stop. You know, it's like, no. Be God. Be God. Stop the weather. Yeah. And it was, it was okay, here's the plan. If we don't get mm-hmm. this shot, we'll move it inside. Uh, actors will be warm. Uh, if we go inside, we'll have three hours instead of two. And, did it, and it was all, you just figured out. And that moment, those moments happen 87 times a day. Yeah. Right? So it's yeah. like, it's like no ego involved. Mm-hmm. No, you know, n- it's 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 so collaborative the process of producing um so there's a lot you've met i'm sure egotistical narcissistic Ugh. producers who think they are the stars of the movie or the shows and you're like whoa buddy you know our job is to create and inspire well and to be in service of the story and of right. that project right. and of the limitations of that project which is always specific to whatever you know i i come a lot from indie features and that's like mm-hmm. you got 27 days buddy you don't yeah. get 35 that would be nice but you don't so yeah. what are you going to do at 27 days oh you lost a day because of rain well how are you going to pivot how are you still going to figure yeah. it out and get the story and be in service of the story be in service yeah. of the world and make the best that you can like yeah. i said show up be your mm-hmm. best self collaborate with people put people around you that also 
come from that school of thought. I mean, mm-hmm. not that's not always. Sometimes you inherit some problem child, and you have to, again, you have to figure it out yeah. because you're you're in it. It's like a train. The train it's taken off from the station, yeah. and now you're not getting off this train, yeah, until either it crashes or you get to your final destination <laughs> right. and you get off and you walk into the land of post. You know, yeah. yeah. But I love see, and I think that's why I thrive as a producer yeah. and a director is I love give me a limitation. You can only shoot against that wall. And you have one actor and we have one camera. And you're like, great, give me the scene. Let's figure it out. I love yeah, that. But that's where creativity comes from, right? Yeah, I remember I did a, I shot an action, an action short and it was unlimited budget. And I did not know what to do with myself because I remember I was like, okay, we need to break through this wall. So the guy is going to run through this wall and it should shatter. And they go, great, how many walls do you want? And I'm like, well, how many do I get? And they're like, five I go great let's have five like that's huge usually you'd be like you got one shot Mm -hmm. one chance to get that shot because we have one wall that you can break and once it breaks it's broken where this movie I was on was just I was directing and and producing and it was it was crazy to me because I was like that's just too many options I remember I had to blow up an elevator and I was paralysis right yeah yeah and I was like okay how, how they're like how big do you want the explosion you want a big you want a small I was like I can pick as opposed to somebody going you got one explosive. It can only be two feet high, and then you're gonna have mm-hmm. to do the rest mm-hmm. in post. I-, I could work with that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, growth, growth. I think in life and 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 in your career comes from challenges, right? It comes from limitations, like you're saying. So, if you're given mm-hmm. the world and infinite supplies and all the toys, we see this all the time. You know, DPs who you can basically have the yeah. entire camera house come to you yeah. like then they yeah. have everything and they use none of it you know yeah. but then you tell the dp you get five lenses you get one camera magic and you get happens. no dolly yeah. and then ma- magic happens because I you also, have to, uh, you have know, to good, then actually be creative and use your brain meant i guess i would say mentor but a good role model for me uh was robert rodriguez mm. and he's that school of thought yeah. you don't have a dolly get a wheelchair you don't have a you don't have a dolly. Where's a skateboard? Give me a skateboard. I mean, he is figure it out, and he makes it look amazing. Yeah. you know, and makes it look effortless too. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is like yeah. there's a lot of work that goes into yeah. making something look effortless. That's the one thing. That's the rule I live with. Best idea wins, right? The other one is hire no assholes. I have a mm. no asshole policy. Whether it's actors, whether it's the prop guy, or yeah. the production designer, like you can tell energetically when you're staffing up uh who it just doesn't want to be there just uh, like they just don't like their job right like, that's great it's okay i that's fine if you don't like your job i gotta go find somebody who is so excited about this project mm-hmm. and just is dying to be a part of it i remember i was i was producing telenovela which was a show i created from scratch and so it was like my world in my head and when it came to life i was just like nobody knows this world better than i do because i am I'm just, Im- I was immersed in it and it was mm-hmm. my dream for so long to, to do telenovela and we had our prop guy and in the scene it said, my character, Ana Sofia is carrying a cup of coffee and enters the room and he came to me and he goes, so Eva, this cup of coffee, and I'm like, yeah, it's a cup of coffee, yeah, and he's like, well, I just wanted to show you some options. He pulled out a coffee cup and then he had the paper cups like from Starbucks. Mm-hmm. He's like, is it like a paper cup? Like she, she got it from like Starbucks or is it like a mug? Do you want it to have like a mug? Cause then I also have, she has a thermos. Like maybe she has a thermos and mm. I was thinking maybe, <laughs> and then he goes, and then I thought of this and he pulled out a coffee cup and, and it had my face on it, which because it's a comedy, he goes, I thought it'd be funny that she has a, her own face on her coffee cup as she, and I was like, 
And I started laughing so hard. And I said, you just put a joke where there was no joke. And it was because he cared so much about this one byline mm -hmm. in the project that I wouldn't pay attention to. And it blew me away. And from that moment, he taught me, that prop guy taught me, people want to thrive in creativity. They want to be heard. They want you to see that they're doing a good job. They want to prove that they're amazingly, whether it's costumes or props yes. or lighting or cameras. Well, like, hey, what about you this? Think, you think even of a grip, like nobody gets into this business because they just want to move shit around. Mm -hmm. It's because they want to be a storyteller. They want to be a filmmaker. And perhaps the yeah. skill set isn't there, the desire to be a director or gaffer, but there is still the desire to lend themselves and their lives to a part of being a collaborator, yeah. being a part of this whole that is necessary. I think it goes down even to PAs, you know, yeah. everybody oh, is creative. PAs. Oh my God. <laughs> and, and filmmaking is so inherently emotional. Everybody's operating production, especially at the highest of highs mm -hmm. and the lowest of lows. No one is sleeping. No one is eating properly. No one is seeing their family. No one has time to get toilet paper. You're all in this vortex together. And you have 100 humans plus who are all undulating in different wavelengths of given everything that's going on in their personal lives. Mm. And they're coming to work and they're putting their best foot forward. And everybody is contributing in the tiniest way to making that thing great. Mm -hmm. And that part of the process is never seen, right? Yeah. Because unless you're in it, you don't know. You see yeah. the actor carrying a cup with their face on it. They think oh, that was really cool. The writer wrote that. Wow, the director yeah. must have been. That's a right. director chose that. Wow, yeah. the director's a genius. He's a, he's yeah. you know or Nobody whatever. Nobody would have known that it was the prop Nobody guy would have added known. the joke. Yeah. Nobody would have known. And then there's this idea of taking, like you said, not taking the credit, really giving credit where it's due. That it is a collective of mm -hmm. ideas mm -hmm. that make something incredible. And it's why a lot of the pioneers of our industry who've, who've created a lot. You think of Spielberg. You think of Scorsese. There's a reason why they work with the same people time and time again. Time and time again, yeah. But also, ba on that, speaking of working with people, you know, as a producer, the reason I also got into producing was to create more opportunities for Latinos, whether mm. it was on the screen or behind the camera. Yeah. That's one of my main purposes in life is to create that pipeline mm. so that our community can participate in storytelling that is reflective of yeah. how our world looks. And, and how do you feel it's going? Uh, it's It's going. And I will tell you, I'm a living example that, you know, I, I remember when I created telenovela and we were walking, the, the sets were going up and the construction people were painting and hammering and saw, saws were going off. And I was with another showrunner and he goes, isn't this crazy? You had an idea and now 500 people have a job. Like, and he goes, probably more because mm -hmm. the crew and the construction is probably 300 people, but like catering dry cleaners for all the costumes food for mm -hmm. all the all the catering companies that come in all the food trucks that we're going to hire mm -hmm. all of the people that security have to clean guards this, uh, security like guards mm -hmm. the, the, the gas stations because all of these people have to get to the to work and it, the amount of economy that one show can create um is just a domino effect of positivity and so i just thought that i was like oh my god that's crazy he goes one idea 500 jobs and so um on Grand Hotel, which I'm producing uh, uh, now and directing, uh, I wanted a female DP. And I was like, guys, I want to put f women in non-traditional places. So mm -hmm. like DP, stunt coordinator, editors, yeah. assistant directors, you know, um, 
costumes over index with women um pas are you know usually women and so i was like not those positions but also those positions but like these and so i hired a female dp and i didn't hire her because she was a woman i hired her because she had an amazing reel mm -hmm. and an amazing talent and i was like oh my gosh we've got to get allison kelly we got allison kelly allison then as she's growing up the camera department hires a lot of women female who, acs female yep. acs female grips female you know all of it. it just trickles down and I loved that we had a stunt coordinator and the studio sent us a couple names and I was like isn't there a female stunt coordinator in Hollywood there must be a female stunt coordinator and they were like oh we don't know we've never heard of one and, and they never bothered to look once they looked oh there, there she are is. some yeah not yeah. only she there she is there's many exactly and so we hired a female stunt coordinator for any stunts that we had it was mm -hmm. a female stunt coordinator our editors were female um, and so that was that's important to me as a producer. Yeah. If you're a person of color or a woman, you've got to reach back and pull as many people up with mm -hmm. you. And and to me, it feels like it's laziness. You know, oftentimes it's like, well, have you bothered to look for something outside the normal yeah. 10 people you always call? A lot, a lot of deep male DPs I know, they go, well, I don't know any female ACs. And I go, well, let me introduce you. And yeah. now you do. Yeah. Here you go. Oh, you don't know a female key grip? Well, let me introduce yeah. you. I think Ava, now you do. Ava DuVernay is trying to create that database. Yeah. Um, because we all ask each other. When I was, st when I was um, staffing up for Grand Hotel, I called her for directors. I was like, who are your best female directors? People of color and female directors. Mm -hmm. And she was like, boom, here. Boom. here I mean, boom. she had a power uh, uh, Excel spreadsheet ready to go. This guy's great. This woman's amazing. She's good. She's not great at comedy. So if you're looking for she, mm -hmm. I mean, she was so detailed about her references and was so helpful. And I was like, I mean, all you got to do is ask. On Miss Virginia, which is a feature we worked on last year, we really went out of our way to staff as many females as we could, w women of color mm -hmm. predominantly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was like three sound mix female sound mixers that we could find, you know, and th there were five total, three were currently currently on a show and there, you know, but it was like, no one had just bothered to ask. Yeah. And it was, it's easier to just go with like, well, here's my guy, just call it my guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And your guy is great. Yeah. And we're not saying that, but let's just give this person a chance to even interview, yeah. even if they don't get the job. So now you're exposed to another person, another name, yeah. you know, and it just kind of opens up your horizons. Mm -hmm. We move so fast. Production moves so fast. We don't have time. It's like, yeah. no, you have time. You have time. You have time to, mm -hmm. this is important. Yeah. So you make the time, you take an extra 15, 20 minutes to, yeah. D dig around and ask for some references, you know, so it's, it's very important to me. Yeah. Um, kind of want to switch here a beat. You've been in this industry for so long. Mm -hmm. Obviously there are lows and highs for all of us. I'm curious how you've coped with the lows in your career mm -hmm. from the personal. I don't need to know what they are. This doesn't matter to me. It's like, you've been here so long. Mm -hmm. You're thriving. You're yeah. entering this new, very exciting phase of your career, at least from the outside looking in. I'm sure you know been, people you always know. think you're yeah. like, haven't yeah. been at this forever, forever. And people are like, Eva directs. I'm like, I've been directing for 10 years. Exactly. <laughs> but now you're getting more visibility of it. So right. everyone else is starting to get excited for you. And you're like, but I've yeah. been here doing this for a long time. Yeah. But the question is, you know, how have you worked through those challenges? Like, how do you push through? Mm hmm. I think um, two things. I think I first I was born with this optimism that is really rare. Mm -hmm. um, I and I don't say that conceitedly. I mean that like when I moved to Hollywood, I was like, oh, great. So I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna. I moved to Hollywood 20 years ago, 21 years ago, mm -hmm. 
and I went to Hollywood Boulevard and I s- saw the stars, the Walk of Fame, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have a star here one day. Like I was just so sure and so confident. And, but I was doing the work. I was very disciplined and I, I took acting classes and I took, I mean, I did everything to increase my chances of opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I am half glass full. And so sometimes people move here and go, I don't have any money. And what am I going to do? I don't have an agent. Where do I start? And it's like they live in that like, oh, poor me. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm such a victim. Why isn't anything happening? And I'm not. And I think laws of attraction um, exist. And so because I was mm-hmm. positive, positive things happened. I was like, I remember auditioning for so many things and not getting it. And I was like, oh, that's because something greater is happening. Like I didn't <laughs> get that because something greater is coming. Oh my gosh. I, I can't wait that. to see what that is. I w- always did that. I remember going to auditions and not getting it and going, I didn't, you know, I didn't really like that. Or yeah, that wasn't for me. I remember, I think I auditioned for Hitch and it was like me and Jessica Alba and, and Eva Mendez and we were like auditioning or I forget who was in the audition room and I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, that means something greater is around the corner. I always said that. And the next week I got Desperate Housewives. And if I had gotten Hitch, the movie, I would not have been available because it shot at the same time yeah. to do Desperate Housewives, which Amazing. changed my career. Yeah. And I believe that when it's your role, it's your role. When it's your movie, it's your movie. When it's your gig, it's your gig. But that doesn't mean you sit back and wait for the universe to give it to you. Mm. You still have to do everything to row in that direction. Um, so that's one thing. I'm just very thick skinned. I mean, even like when it, it, people always ask me about like press and when they attack you or say things about you. And I was like, what, what, I, who reads that? Like, I don't read that. I'm nothing, knock on wood, nothing phases me in that aspect. Like, yeah. um, you know, some s- tabloid scandal of, you know, I've, I've gained weight. <laughs> or whatever like I'm like okay well whatever yeah uh, you know I'm aging yeah we all age so I don't care like <laughs> you're that aging that means you're alive that's yeah. a good thing I think that happens to yeah. everybody yeah. um so that that was that's the main thing is like I've always been half glass full uh every everything is a learning opportunity so mm-hmm. even the things that I failed at um I just looked at him as like okay great what can we learn from this and why didn't that work I remember uh, you know, when telenovela was canceled, I was heartbroken because it was such a dream mm. job. The crew was amazing. The cast was amazing. It was one of my some of my favorite writers and producing that from conception to to the end was one of the best experiences creatively of my life. So to see that end, I was mm. so sad. But really doing the autopsy of that and going, so wait, why? What, what could the marketing be different? Could the was it too broad? It was on the wrong network. It was like, what, what can we learn from it? And, and just building those relationships. I, that DP I'm going to work with again, those writers I'm definitely Mm going to work with again. Um, and so for me, every, everything is a learning experience. Yeah. Everything, every failure, every success. And that's the other thing is being successful. You can't get comfortable there either because you're always going to have some sort of obstacles. So, well, the benchmark is always moving, right? If you are a, a person who is hungry, it, there, you never arrive. I know people always say that. They're like, how do you feel so with everything being, you know, so you're on the top of your game? I'm like, I haven't even tapped into what my potential is as a director. I can't wait for my dream project to come yeah. along. 
but I'm having fun. It's incredible that you're just in, in the many ways, the infancy of this new, very exciting chapter of your career, yet you've been here for 21 years at it, you know, and it's easy to overlook that. And like you said, a lot of people, it, it's, it's 21 years to make you a sensation. You know, it's, it's the 10 years before you got into directing that was all seeping into your what? blood cell in your cells yeah. in your person so you can now rise to that occasion well, and speaking of that like when people go people think when i was an actor like you got to stuff discovered at starbucks and you got a job i was like i was an extra for two years i got one line then i got two lines and then like so you have to touch every rung of the ladder yeah wherever you are going yeah. And, 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 and because it would just behoove you to do your job better once you yeah. arrive at the top. So, you know, when I wanted to direct, I really was like, I could be a first AD. Mm. I could be, I, I, I could do that job. I could do that job. I needed to understand all of the jobs yeah. um, before I could understand what my job was. Yeah. And I think that's important. People want to just, I'm going to be a producer. I'm going to be, I'm going to do this, you know, do work your way up. Yep. It's a great thing to do. Yeah, and that's great advice as well, which is one of my questions. But yeah, what's the legacy you hope to leave behind? Um, you know, the main thing for me is is creating opportunities for the Latino community and for women. Those are my two really main focuses. So I hope that, you know, I'm doing that project by project. Um, I think media is so powerful. So mm -hmm. not only as a producer and hiring these people and then as a producer and director telling these stories from a different well, Right. We can tap into different communities because we also have stories to tell. Um, but when you talk about the output of that project and, and the impact it has, yeah. you know, television and movies really teach communities who they are. Mm. And they more importantly than that, it not only shows other people what our community is about, but it, it informs us of how we think of ourselves. And I, I remember reading a statistic about that, like not only. Do people who watch, watch Fox News go, oh, murders and rapists or whatever, they, not only do they think that, our community starts to think about it, about ourselves that way. Mm -hmm. And that's dangerous. And so to be able to put um, different, different stories out there that say uh, the contrary, we're successful, we're part of the thread that makes up, you know, the United States of America, we um are loving and caring and successful and smart and intelligent and we are a community worth being heard and seen then communities change and they yeah. start to believe that about themselves and going wait i am more yes mm. you are more and that's the legacy i would love yep. to take leave. them out of that box yeah that's not that's not you that's not your that's, box that's some people sure but that's not you it doesn't but have that's to be some you. people in every culture and every yeah you know, community Cross section, yeah. everywhere in the world. Yeah. So that's, mm -hmm. that's incredible. Well, it's, it's, been, I hate to leave you. I know. I'm like, we're just getting started, but I this know. is such an honor. Thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you. your time and your energy. Thank you. Well, the, one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was because, um, you know, you're a woman and I try to do as much to support, yeah. um, whatever Avenue these are, whether it's the DP, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a designer, mm -hmm. um, you know, that I could wear, like I'm always constantly thinking like, how do we constantly support each other? Yep, and there's room for all of us. Oh, we need more. This this is like, if I can live in this mm -hmm. and, and bring up everybody with me, this is what makes mm -hmm. me, has, gives me the most joy. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you for being <laughs> a part of it. Thanks for thank having me. Thank you so me. much. If my second grade teacher, Miss Kenny, taught me how to work hard many years ago, 
Well, then this conversation with Eva just reminded me of the importance of perseverance. Her examples of not giving up on herself in the face of challenge really resonated with me. But I'd love to hear from you. What were some of your observations? What resonated with you? What did you like? Is there something you wish I had asked? Let me know. You can find me at Carolina Gropa on all the socials, and the show is at Life with Kaka. Please subscribe, rate, comment, like, all the things, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm already excited to share with you who I have on the show next week. Until then, as we say in Portuguese, when we say goodbye to someone we really like, beijos. It means kisses.